Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Writer. I'm your host, Damon Martin, and this week I am very excited to talk to a legitimate legend in combat sports. He is a former UFC title contender. He is a BKFC champion, but he's also a guy who has inside knowledge to the upcoming main event at UFC 272 as Colby Covington prepares to face Jorge Masvidal uh, in a five-round fight, a five-round grudge match, I should say. Uh, so I am very excited to talk to this guy today on this edition of The Fighter versus The Rider. He is one of the OGs of this sport. He is a former UFC welterweight title contender, and he is the current BKFC middleweight champion of the world. A guy I go back with many, many years, which makes me sound old, but I promise I'm not. Uh, the great Tiago Alves. <laughs> Tiago, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tiago, uh, it is always great to catch up with you. I know you're always one of the busiest guys in the world with your fight career. You're also coaching now. So how is everything in Florida? Uh, everything Florida is great. Uh, you know, uh, been like you said, working a lot. You know, with uh, live train, which is you know our newest uh, combat sport. You know, online training platform. Also, as a coach at American Top Team and training for my uh, next fight. You know, in BKFC, defending my belt. Absolutely, absolutely. Before we get to BKFC and what's going on over there, I wanted to ask you about coaching because I talked to Mike Brown last week. Funny enough, and I've talked to a lot of the other guys and girls from American Top Team and. One thing I've always loved, I know you've always called Dan Lambert the godfather, the, the respect and the admiration you have for that guy. But one thing I've loved most about American Top Team recently has been the transition of guys like yourself, King Mo, obviously Mike Brown, guys who have now become coaches at that team. And I love that transition. And and from what I hear, Tiago, I, I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but I've heard a lot of people rave about you as a coach. A lot of fighters are saying, man, Tiago is a phenomenal nice. coach. Uh, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's always good to hear. You know, uh, I'm lucky enough to be part of American Top Team for almost two decades. Uh, the coach that I used to train under and now are my you know a co-worker. So every day I'm there, I'm learning. You know, like I said, Mike Brown, King Mo, those guys are phenomenal fighters, phenomenal coaches today. And uh, it was an easy transition for me because I think I've been through pretty much everything you can possibly be through when it comes to martial arts. So I'm able to relate to my fighters, you know, in, in a deeper level that uh, I don't think a lot of people can because I've been there. I then I've been to the highs, the highs, the lows, the lows. And I've been through every possible scenario when it comes to, you know, you're winning a fight uh, beautifully and then you get caught on something, you know, you're losing a fight and then you win a fight just by throwing a punch and knock somebody out. I have fights that, you know, got uh, pushed away you know, on fight week 
So there's a lot of scenarios that I, I've been through that I can relate with my guys, you know, and I have no ego either. It's all about what I can do to make sure my Friday is ready, you know, for that big night in their life. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm still learning. Uh, I, like I said, I have great examples inside of the gym, like Mike Brown, you know, Coach Cattell, and a few other guys in there. That So every day I get in, it's a learning experience, you know, but uh, I, I take very pride, you know, to be part of one of the coaches that, you know, the best team in the world, American top team. Absolutely. You know, you still have, of course, a lot of fight career left, and we'll get to your own fight career in a second. But, uh, you know, we always talk about guys and girls in this sport, you know, because fighting, you know, you can't fight forever. We all know that. And, and no. you know, it's yeah. it's one it's, it's a scary thing, honestly. You know, it's a scary thing when you kind of transition to that next phase of life. And you do see some guys struggle with it. I mean, it's a sad part of reality. Yeah. Um, how happy are you that you found a place in coaching that knowing, you know, whatever you do decide to call it a career down the road, that you have coaching, that you have become, you know, a staple in guys' camps. I know I've talked to Dustin Poirier and some other guys that just, you know, love working with you. Um, again, you I'm sure you've, you know, made investments and all these kind of things as well, but, you know, businesses, all those kind of things. But how nice is it to know that when fighting is over, whenever that happens, do you do have that coaching career set up? Uh, it's amazing. You know, I had some really good examples of and uh, a lot of friends of mine that, you know, got to that stage in their life where they can compete or be competitive at that level anymore. They have to make a switch, you know, and they're pretty much at loss. They didn't know what to do. So uh, me having a lot of surgeries throughout my career, you know, it gave me plenty of time to prepare. And uh, right now I'm in a beautiful position. I don't need to fight. I fight because I love to fight. You know, I still have that dog inside of me that needs to eat. I got to let him out to play, you know, <laughs> twice a year. It's enough for me. Uh, but, you know, I've been very fortunate again to, for being, you know, a part of American Top Team for over two decades. Uh, when I was coming up, I was the guy that kind of like made all the mistakes to get where we are today. Today, we're a very oil machine, you know, everything works very well with everybody, all the coaches in a beautiful uh, uh, synchrony, you know, whenever one coach is out of town, I already know what the guys that are here, what I got to do with the guys that stay, you know, so we're always uh, talking, we're always trying to make sure that we are our best. And uh, the transition, it's been smooth because I'm, I'm in it still. So I never really uh, stopped to to think about it, but there was a point where I was out because of all the surgery that all right. If I can't do this anymore, what's next? So I've been preparing for this moment. I'm glad, you know, I, I've been prepared for this moment. I know there's a big stigma uh, when you're still competing. You know, you don't want to think about plan B. You want to make sure this is plan A, but you got to realize that you can't compete forever. You know, fighting is just one third of your life. You still got two thirds to be, you know, uh, to enjoy your life and be very successful. And if you're able to apply the drive that you had, you know, towards fighting to anything else, you're going to be successful. You just got to find what works for you. And I'm glad that, you know, fighting is still uh, a part of my life. It's going to be part of my life for a very long time. I'm not going anywhere. I know I'm going to make many changes. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I talked to Matt Brown, who's a, who's a good friend, and, and, you know, he's opened his own gym here in Ohio, and he's become coach. And, he you know, he tells me all the time, he's like, I think when it's all said and done, I'm going to be a better coach than I was a fighter. I'm going to be able to impart that knowledge. But he's also talked about how being a coach has made him a better fighter, you know, because you are looking at things a little differently. So, you know, even as an active fighter right now, of course, you're still focused on your own career. But uh, I don't know, you tell me, like, has being a coach made you a better fighter as well? Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you have to really dominate any uh, the technique to be able to explain it, to be able to break it down. So it, it makes you pay attention to the little details, you know, things that work that doesn't work. You know, if you move uh, your body to one side or your head to one side, that technique might not work properly anymore. So you got to have a lot of options. So the way that I coach my guys, you know, 
I just give you a bunch of different options to do, you know, what you're supposed to do to get the job done. You know, any my, some of my techniques might work for you. Some of my techniques might not, you know, but we can always come to agreement where, you know, what's going to be the most effective for your fighting style. Having, you know, uh, many coaches at American Top Team, I always tell my guys to make sure you train with everybody, trying to learn from everybody. And once we have a fight coming up, of course, with Dowell, and we'll focus on the game plan. You know, but my goal as a coach is I have no ego. I want to make sure that it's all about my athlete. I want to make sure my athlete's 100% ready to do what he do best, you know, that big night of his life. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Tiago, let me shift gears to your own fight career because you mentioned, of course, and I mentioned at the top of the interview that you are the BKFC middleweight champion. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to your comeback. Of course, you had that phenomenal fight with Yuli Diaz uh, last year. I mean, what a, I, I've raved about that fight so many times. What an incredible war that was. And, and to get that. that win, and oh, man, so good. Uh, so what is going on? Because I know that, you know, again, you, you talked about, you know, your activity and I know you've been talking about wanting to get back into BKFC. So what is going on right now? Like what is going on with you, B, you and BKFC and when can we see you back in there again? Uh, we talks right now. Uh, my contract was up uh, after, you know, becoming a champion. I'm, I'm due a new contract. So that's where we are right now. You know, uh, the good thing is Mike Perry, you know, we're looking for a big money fight, you know, and unfortunately, uh, we have a lot of great fighters in, in BKFC, but nobody with, you know, uh, that, that that's going to bring the eyeballs that we need, you know, to bring this sport to a, to a next level. And also for me to get, you know, the payday that I'm, I think I'm, I'm old and deserve this. So uh, that's what we have right now. We're not, we're looking to probably get back in there in June, July, uh, looking to make that big fight against Mike Perry, you know, so we can bring all the eyeballs necessary to take this, you know, better sport to a different level. Yeah. Now I know you mentioned, and again, I don't want to bring up a sore subject, but I know you mentioned, you know, after Mike Perry came in, got his win over Julian Lane, you know how tough Julian Lane is. You fought him of course as well, but you know, I think it was on Instagram. You said, Hey, what about me? What about the champ? You know, everyone's talking about Mike Perry. Uh, was there any, was there any ill feelings towards BKFC that they were kind of pushing him so much? Or were you just kind of like, you know, sending out the note saying, Hey, Mike Perry's great, but don't forget I'm the champ. Yeah, I just thought it was a little weird that, you know, they're referring me as a champ, but nobody mentioned my name all fight week. You know, nobody mentioned uh, my accomplishment when, you know, I brought the stock up of the company so much. You know, after I joined BKFC, after my two fights, you know, becoming a burnout box, it kind of became became cool. You know, and after me signing in, you you see the bigger names, you know, uh, uh, Paige Van Zam, Chad Mendes, even Mike Perry. So I thought it was a little weird that uh, nobody was talking about me, especially the possibility of have me fighting uh, uh, Mike Perry, which is will be the biggest fight in BKFC history, you know. So I was a little, hmm, you know, that 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 doesn't look right. But uh, we, we, I had a good talk with Dave Feldman, you know, and everybody in the organization. We're in the right track right now, and it's just a matter of figuring out the time for my comeback and you know the numbers. But we're in a good place right now, especially with you know the new uh, uh, thriller, you know, uh, acquisition with the company. Uh, we're looking forward to see you know what the future brings. Yeah, let me let me ask you real quick before I talk about Mike Perry with that because you know Dave Feldman you know broke the news earlier this week that you know it's selling a majority uh, share to Triller. We've seen what Triller's done with shows. I've seen their shows. They put on big shows. They've of course you know skyrocketed guys like Jake Paul and and other people in the sport, and of course put on bigger shows. But also there's money. I mean, we got to be honest. Triller yeah. has a lot of money behind them, and and there's no doubt about that. And I know that you know Dave Feldman has said. You know, he thinks this is what's going to take the sport to the next level, those paydays and getting pe more people like yourself into the organization. Uh, is there an excitement there, you know, from that level of knowing that, you know, now 
You know, because BKFC, to be to be honest, I mean, they've done a great job. They absolutely have done a great job, and they've been paying guys very, very well. But everyone wants to get paid more. You know, everyone wants to get better, and it seems like this is a this seems like it's going to be a really good deal for the fighters. I know it's brand new, but do, do you kind of feel the same way? I do, I do. I think it's the perfect marriage, uh, BKFC and Thriller. You know, especially the triangle uh, of fighting. Uh, if we're able to merge both, you know, I don't know what uh, uh, the 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 plan for you know the the organization. But it's just a perfect ma- uh, marriage, I think. Uh, you know, BKFC, it's super exciting. So it was thrilled with the triangle, the boxing, and the triangle fighting as well. So uh, I'm excited to see, you know, uh, how far we can go. You know, I think uh, having me and, you know, a guy like Mike Perry and a lot of uh, high-level high fighters, you know, that's the way to build, you know, and bring the eyeballs that, that we need, you know, to to bring the sport, you know, where I think it can be, because it's very exciting. If you've never been to a BKFC fight, you know, it's a fast paced fight. You know, every fight is super competitive. They don't last long either. You know, I think they, the most of the last is between 15 to 20 minutes. So it's a, it's a good, exciting night of fights, but at the same time, it doesn't take too long. You know, you get in, you see good action, you see a lot of brothers, you see a lot of beautiful violence, and then you get out. Yeah. What about, what about the possibility of crossing over and doing a little boxing, Tiago? Is there any chance that might happen? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I welcome, I welcome that big time. You know, uh, once you fight Bernardo, uh, you know, and you, you see the damage you can do, you see the damage that you can take. You know, everything has seems so easy. You know, because uh, I mean, the whole body from the neck down, you're pretty much good. You know, but your face, you're gonna have a lot of lacerations. You know, your hand might be uh, banged up for a few weeks after the fight. But besides that, longevity-wise, the training, the preparation leading up to a fight is definitely a hundred times easier on my body than it used to be when, you know, you have to worry about grappling, wrestling, and all that, sparring, changing levels, and, and everything. So uh, I feel excited. I feel rejuvenated. You know, even though I've been in this sport a very long time, I feel like this is it's where I am in my prime. So uh, I'm excited to see how much damage I can do. Excited for this new acquisition with the uh, uh, trailer, and uh, excited to see what the future holds. Absolutely. So let me ask you about Mike Perry. Uh, of course, I know you know he got a win over Julian Lane, and and we you know to, to any, <laughs> here's what I always say about BKFC: you got to have a lot of you got to have a lot of uh, cajones, so to speak, to even step into the BKFC ring because that sport is no joke. Uh, there are no you know there are no cowards stepping into that BKFC ring. But what did you think of Mike Perry's performance? Of course, he got a win, and again, you know how tough Julian Lane is. So, what did you think of his performance? I think he did okay. Uh, I I think he thought it was going to be a lot easier. You know, you can tell by uh, the beginning of the fight and then towards the end. You know, I think Julian Lane put it on the third, the fourth, and the fifth. If it wasn't probably the knockdown in the beginning, you know, uh, it would be a, a different different result. Well, you never know what the judges are looking for. You know, but it, it's a different animal. It's definitely a different animal. You know, you got to know exactly what you expect. And uh, it's not a type of fight where, you know, you can take a lot of damage. And unfortunately... Mike Perry takes a lot of damage. And if that was a fight against me, I don't think it's going to be a good night for him. So I'm excited to to see him in that square circle. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, going back and watching your fight with Yuli Diaz, what an incredible war that was and, and just the damage you put on him to get that finish. And we know how tough Yuli is. We just saw what he did last weekend, what he's done in the past as well. How confident would you be going into a fight with Mike Perry? Because for those who don't remember, you guys were actually going to fight back in like 2017, uh, I know, unfortunately, the fight didn't happen. So this is almost like five years in the making. Yeah, yeah I think it, it came full circle. Uh, 
I'm super confident. I, I trust myself. You know, I trust my team behind me. I know when it comes down to bite down the mouthpiece, the blood is in your face. Your point is a little redder because the blood, you know, dripping down your face. That's where I'm free. That's where, you know, I'm really in my uh, habitat. So, uh, you know, win, lose or draw, I come to fight, but I have no doubt if we fight, I'm going to put them away. It's going to be a walk-off knockout. I love it. I love it. And you mentioned, of course, that, you know, you're in talks with BKFC right now. You talked to Dave Feldman uh, right now, because I agree. I think this is the biggest fight in BKFC history, without a doubt. It's a massive, massive fight. Uh, are you confident you'll get a deal done? Are you confident that they will come through and, and pay you what you're worth? Absolutely. I mean, it'll be silly uh, uh, for, for the organization not to make this fight. You know, it'll be silly for the organization to let me walk away and go somewhere else. So uh, my contract ends in May. Uh, hopefully, you know, within two to three weeks, we should have a day. We should have numbers, everything locked in, and then it's time to let knuckle up. But uh, I have no doubt that's the fight that's going to happen. Yeah. Let me ask to that point, you know, uh, Tiago, one thing I mentioned at the start of the interview is that you've always been a very smart businessman inside and outside the cage. Uh, I talked about your relationship with Dan Lambert. I know you call him the godfather, but I also know recently uh, you have changed management teams. You started working with Ali Abdelaziz, who a lot of people know, of course, works with Khabib Nurmagomedov, Islam Makhachev, uh, you of course, Kamara Usman down the line. Uh, and I know you have been with your old management team for quite a, quite a while. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to try to spur controversy here, but what happened? Like what, what led you, you know, signing with Ali? Because you've not been a guy who's had like 19 managers, you know, you've not bounced around a lot in your career. Uh, as you know, I'm loyal to a fault. You know, I've been with the American top team for over 20 years, almost 20 years, uh, UFC for 14, 15 years. You know, I just felt that I needed a change. Uh, I, I wasn't uh, 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 getting the things that I need to get, you know, to promote myself, to feel where I'm comfortable, where I'm happy with my representation. I've been working with Ali for about a, a month now, and I got no complaints. I'm super happy. So it was more of a change to make sure that, you know, I start out this new uh, uh, end of my career, this nest, you know, uh, a few fights in my career in a way where I have no worries. There is no uh, baggage. Everything's brand new, professional, how it should be. Yeah. And I know, of course, you know, Ali, I mean, his reputation around the industry, you talk to fighters uh, who work with him and they all rave, you know, it's almost like, you know, it's business, but it's also family. He treats everybody different like that. Like, have you noticed the difference? And again, this is not me trying to get you to say bad things about the old manager, but how has it been working with him? Not have not you noticed, all. have you noticed the difference? Cause again, you know, I mean, you've been around the sport. So if anyone's going to, you know, if anyone's going to seek out, you know, a, a change, I imagine you're a guy who's going to do your research and know what you're stepping into. Absolutely. I mean, I have no, uh, uh, no bad feelings with my past management. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. You know, I got nothing but respect and admiration for what he was able to accomplish. I was his first uh, manager. I was the one, I mean, I was his first client in MMA. I was the one, you know, pretty much opened the doors for everything. You know, I just felt that towards this stage in my life right now, I needed a fresh start. Uh, I needed a, a, a new beginning, you know, with no baggage, just focus on the things that, you know, it's going to work for me and my family. And Ali has been nothing but great to me, you know, since we start talking uh, I feel rejuvenated right now. I'm super excited for the future. You know, I actually want to fight a lot more than I was thinking in fight just because, <laughs> you know, I have such a good uh, uh, representation right now. So, again, no, uh, uh, no bad feelings against my past uh, uh, representation. I just felt that I needed a change, but I'm super happy with my change. I'm super happy to be part of our least team right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, like I said, he treats everyone like family, which I know is, uh, has got to be a good feeling. Uh, because again, you know, this is a business, but you want someone that actually cares for you. I was actually talking to another one of his fighters 
earlier this week and he was talking about, you know, being offered a short notice fight. And he said, Ali was honest with him and said, listen, I just don't think it's right for you. I don't think we should do it. And, you know, I said, listen, there's some managers who would just be, Hey, sign the fight and, and I'm going to put you in there and I'm going to take the money. You know what I mean? Like he actually cared about the guy yeah. well enough to say, don't do this. It's not, it's not the right move right now. Yeah. I, I think it's important. You know, uh, Ali, it's the biggest uh, agency out there, you know, so he, he's the martial artist as well. So he knows the business very well. You know, he knows the fighters. He knows the competition you're going to be up against. And he has a plan behind, you know, uh, before the fight and after the fight. I think it's important for you to be with someone that, you know, has the same vision as you, that put you as, you know, the, the most important thing, put you as a priority. But at the same time, you know, it has plans for you, you know, uh, after the fight, you know, it has a plan for your whole career. And that's where I'm at right now. Uh, again, you know, I know uh, a bad feeling towards my press representation. I wish them nothing but the best, but I'm glad I made the change. And I'm glad that towards this last few years of my career, I'm working with Ali. And so far, it's been amazing. I got no complaints whatsoever. I'm actually very happy. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me let me ask you, Tiago. We've mentioned several times, of course. You are one of the American Top Team originals. When I think of American Top Team, there's a few, you know, a handful of guys and girls I think of as like ATT forever. You know, yourself, of course. Mike Brown is another guy. Uh, you look at guys like you know George Masvidal. There's a, you know a few guys who've just been there and been loyal and, and have been there forever. And to that point, next weekend, of course, we got a big fight coming up in the UFC. George Masvidal taking on Colby Covington. That's two guys who used to train together. They used to be friends. I'm sure you've been in the gym and seen you know George as he's getting ready for this fight. Um, listen, we've seen these teammate versus teammate things happen. And sometimes it's really unfortunate. I know from talking to Mike and some of the other coaches, I was down at ATT back in 2017 or 2018. And I know like when Tyron Woodley fought Robbie Lawler, it kind of broke everyone's heart. No one really wanted to see that. 
you know, everyone loved yeah. Robbie. Everyone loved Tyron. It just, but this one's different. Colby left and he's been gone for a while, but there is a little bit of relationship there. So how are you? Like, are you excited? Is it, is there any, like a little bit of misfeelings just because you did? I mean, I'm sure you trained with Colby at some point. Like, how do you feel about this one? Uh, you know, as a fan, I'm super excited because, you know, I'm a huge fan of George Masvidal and I'm a big fan of Colby Covington as well. Uh, I know Kobe since he moved from uh, college to start his career. You know, he, he had his whole career with us. Uh, he, he started from nothing, you know, and we built him into probably his last two fights when he left us. Uh, I, him and Masvidal always trained together since, you know, uh, he joined ATT. Uh, Kobe helped Masvidal wrestling improve, you know, and, and Masvidal helped Kobe uh, stand up improve as well. Uh, they they used to train. Oh, the training used to be always very competitive, the two of them. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, uh, uh, you know, uh, at first Masvidal was a lightweight and Kobe was always a welterweight. And then when Masvidal moved to, to, to the welterweight division, you know, at one point we knew that, you know, they're going to face each other. So uh, it's unfortunate that, unfortunately, sometimes teammates going to have to fight. You know, we have a policy in the gym. Teammates are only allowed to fight each other if it's for a belt. But, you know, sometimes guys got to make money and, you know, you have different uh, management, you know, we're such a big team that we're able to accommodate, you know, different training schedules for guys that are going to fight each other. And I think we're being one of the pioneer uh, gyms out there that does that. And uh, when it comes to George and, and Kobe Covington, I'm super excited. I'm George Masvidal all the way. I've been uh, seeing how much, you know, hard work he's been putting in. And uh, I think it's going to be a good night for us. Yeah, you know, we understand, like, at times, you know, fighters leave gyms, fighters move on. We all see that. Now, with ATT, you know, most of the people there are pretty, you know, pretty, like, ride or die for ATT. Like, if you've been at ATT, you pretty much stay at ATT. We rarely see anyone leave that gym, and if they do, generally there's no, you know, bad feelings or anything. But, you know, Colby, listen, he, you know, it seemed like he was, like, going out of his way to burn bridges, you know what I mean? Like, he obviously had the attacks on the Brazilians, that kind of caused some problems, and then yeah. what happened with him and, and Dustin and Cole and, uh, and, uh, and and George, and at one point, I know Dan Lambert's like, enough is enough, like, we can't have this, you know, you can't, you know, talk trash, and then he eventually left. Now, listen, you know, I understand Colby's building a persona, Colby's building a business, I, I understand all that, you've been around, you know how it works, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it just seemed like some of that goes too far when you're like burning bridges with your own team. Again, I don't know how you feel about it, but I want to ask you because it is it. This is a much different situation than let's say Tyron versus Robbie. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I personally, I never had any problem with Kobe. You know, I knew that he was building that persona. He was very open about it. You know, when when whenever he say something that whenever the Brazilian thing happened, you know, they call the the, the Brazil trash and all that. Uh, he, he came to me and said, listen, man, that's just, you know, me trying to make it happen. Uh, and I said, Kobe, dude, I don't agree with everything that you say. You know, I think there's better ways, you know, to sell a fight. But if that's your uh, uh, your strategy and it's working for you, I'm happy for you. Uh, you know, I'm the type of guy that if you don't burn bridges with me, if you don't treat me wrong, there's no reason for me to treat you, you know, a different way. But I don't agree with the with the uh, uh, the strategy. You know, I think that's better ways. You know, for you to promote yourself, for you to promote your fight. Uh, we come from a martial arts background. Martial arts are all about respect. You know, it's all about having no ego and and be out there to to be your best. You don't need to bring anybody down. You know, to lift yourself up. That's the way I think. Some people don't think that. You know, I know that he's a huge him and his manager. Uh, they're a huge wrestling fans. You know, pro wrestling. So. There's a lot of, you know, acting in wrestling. He, he tried to bring that to uh, uh, the the real fighting, you know, which is in UFC. 
And, uh, you know, some people hate it. Some people love it, you know. So it, it works for him because look at where he is right now. Yeah, it's funny. I don't want to ruin, you know, I did, I did a story on Colby a couple of years ago after talking to Dan and some of the other coaches down there, uh, Conan Silvera and some of the other guys who work with him. And it's funny, like I wasn't trying to ruin his his persona, but people who worked with him in the gym said he's actually a great teammate. He always sticks around to help people. He's always offering to stay and help other guys. You're not a selfish guy at all. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, the, the stuff outside the cage just kind of bled into the gym and it just, you know, unfortunately just soured yeah. that relationship because again, it sounded like, like for the longest time, Colby was a great teammate. Yeah, no, he has been great. You know, like you said, he always, uh, was there to help, uh, uh the guys that needed, you know, a softball, a good softball wrestler, you know, he was always there to, to dedicate his time because he knew that was the way that he was going to get help from uh, the other teammates as well when he, it was his time to compete and when it was his time to uh, have a, a different body to help them out. Uh, you know, it is unfortunate that he decided to run with this persona. Uh, you know, it was unfortunate that that created so much uh, heat on him. You know, but at the same time, you know, it, it gave him, uh, 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 it brought him a lot of eyeballs. So, uh, you know, uh, you, you got to take that, you know, as it comes when, yeah, I don't like it, but you know it worked for him. So, what can you do? Yeah, but obviously, I know you're an ATT guy, which means I know you're going to be very much in very much in Masvidal's corner. I talked to Joanna Janjacek last week, and she said that George is looking phenomenal. I mean, again, no title on the line, but it feels like there's a title on the line. I know you're an ATT all the yeah. time. How is he looking? How excited are you to see George go in there and do his thing? George is a warrior, man. He's a hard worker. You know, he comes in gets his work done. He straight an an hour just to make sure he gets everything he needs to get. Uh, I'm excited, man. It's going to be a hell of a fight. I think the beginning of the fight, it's going to dictate, you know, the, the whole outcome of the fight. Uh, you know, we're, we're very excited. We're happy. We know, we know how much, uh, how important this fight is for George. And uh, he, he is taking no easy road to make sure that he's ready for this fight. And, we all know they don't like each other. So I think that's going to be, you know, uh, an extra sauce. Make sure that those guys are going to fight really hard that night. Yeah, it's funny. When I was down at ATC, I got, I always bring this story up, but I, I had the pleasure, the honor of actually getting to watch him spar with Dustin Poirier because I know they'll never fight. You know, they're never going to fight each other. But I was like, this is like the greatest, like, you know, it was like three rounds of sparring. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. And I saw him do, rolling with Shoeface and Shoeface is huge. I mean, that's a big, big guy. Yeah. And, and George is in there grappling with him. I was like, man, it was just fun to watch him work. And like for anyone that, you know, again, he, he you know, he's again, become a superstar, but for anyone to think he's not putting in the work is crazy. Cause I was down there. I saw him on the mats for, you know, three hours straight. That guy's a workhorse. Oh yeah. I know how to work is all we know. You know, that's the, the mentality that we have inside of the gym. We know that nothing's going to be handed to you in this life, especially in this business. And uh, George is very grateful, you know, about everything that he was able to accomplish, financialize and and uh, and fame wise. But he knows that you know don't mean anything if you don't put in work to make sure that you're at your best, you know, fighting night. So make no mistake, George is ready. George yeah. is ready like it has never been for a fight. And you know, there's an extra meanness for this fight because they honestly do not like each other. So. I'm excited, man. As a fan, you know, as a, a, a coach and as a teammate of George, I'm super excited. You know, ATT all the way. I think it's going to be a beautiful night for us. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny, Tiago, I bring up like, you know, how you build yourself, how you make your persona. And you've never been that guy. You've never been a guy to feel the need to like trash talk your opponents or, you know, talk bad about them. You just go out there and fight and you built a career around being a phenomenal fighter. We know, you know, your next fight likely is going to be Mike Perry. You mentioned this summer. Now, Mike does get a little crazy. We got to be honest. He gets crazy and says some wild things. He brought a wiffle ball bat or whatever to the press conference. Like, is there a part of you that gets excited for that? Or, or do you just like kind of roll your eyes at it? Because you've, you've kind of avoided that for the most part in your career. You've never really had to deal with guys and you've never been that guy. You've never been the guy to feel like you have to talk bad about an opponent to build it up. But Mike's a little crazier. So are you, are you excited about that? Or are you just kind of like anticipating that? How are you dealing with that? I'm excited. I mean, he's going to do what Mike Perry is going to do. You know, I think that's part of his persona. That's part of why he is so uh, uh, well-known, you know, because of the way that he handled himself with his personality outside of fighting. I'm well-known because, you know, the way that I fight, the way that I compete, you know, I'm not going to change for anybody. I think you can uh, uh, spend your energy, you know, towards training, towards, you know, being a better person, towards helping uh, your character grow and build other people up. So uh, um, you're never gonna see me. I'm I'm gonna throw a few jabs in there. I'm gonna speak the truth. I'm gonna say how I, how I see it, you know. But I'm not gonna get out of my way to try to be creative to to talk trash, you know. I think it's the most important thing. It's what happened inside of that square circle. That's you know, it's really your biggest advertisement. So I'll be ready for make sure that my brand is all the way up, you know, that fight night. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you mentioned, you know, of course, I know you respect Mike Perry and what he brings in there. But we've seen what you've transitioned into, what you become as a bare knuckle fighter. Uh, how far does it make it? How far do you think he makes it? Does he make it out of the first? Does he make it to the second? How long do you think he lasts? I think by the fourth, he's going to be out of there. You know, like I said, I'm looking for, I've been talking to my boxing coach for a very long time. Once I decided to make the transition, you know, to boxing, bare knuckle boxing, tell me your first fight, it's going to be you getting your feet wet. You know, you, you might throw some kicks. So hopefully you won't think that I did it. Uh, the second fight, you know, you're going to see a huge improvement where you're letting your hands go. The third fight, it's when you're going to be completely dialed in. The third fight is when we're going to have, you know, a, a walkaway knockout. And that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking to go to distance. I don't get paid by, by, by the hour. I get paid to go out there and put my uh, opponent away. And that's what I'm planning to do. I'm looking for that big knockout, land that big hand on his jaw. He's going face down and me just walking away and celebrating. I love it. Last thing I'll ask you, Tiago, you know, we, we talk about your legendary career, what you've done throughout mixed martial arts. Of course, a lot of people still, you know, recognize you from the UFC and all the things you did in the UFC, but you know, you accomplished so much in mixed martial arts. And I don't want to say mixed martial arts is, you know, behind you. Cause of course you still train with your guys at ATT like every day, but has BKFC the prospect, like what you're doing in bare knuckle and maybe doing boxing, has it kind of given you like a new rejuvenation, like a new passion for combat sports? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you've been doing something for such a long time, you know, uh, I've been in UFC for over 14 years, so I knew exactly what's going to happen. You know, the day that I leave my house, the day I get there, you know, several, there was no surprises. It was just routine going through the motions for me. This is a brand new uh, sport, you know. I, I've been in, with a brand new organization. So having that uh, excitement factor, you know, and all the thing is I get paid regardless, win or lose or draw, you know, just having your flat feet. It takes the whole worry off, you know, 50%, 50%. You know, you, you sometimes you put a lot of pressure. You kind of, like, don't uh, let everything go because you're afraid of making mistakes. With this 
part of my career right now, I'm just having fun. I'm literally focused on just going out there and scrapping and being the most violent, most vicious I can be. And that's so awesome for me because, you know, when I'm dialing, when the pit bull comes out, that's a dangerous man, you know, and uh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm having fun and I'm making good money. Family's doing great. Uh, uh, Life outside of fighting is phenomenal coaching. So I have no complaints. I'm, I'm on this high right now, and I want to just keep riding that that, that wave and uh, see how much damage I can do. I think BKFC, it's a very exciting uh, uh, organization, and I have the opportunity you know, to bring that organization to a different level. Uh, just like you know, I was able to be part of the Golden Era in MMA, you know, now I'm the beginning of BKFC. So I'm very proud to be able to bring that company to a you know mainstream, hopefully. Yeah, and I know, listen, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Tiago, but there's there's still a lot of fight left in you. I can feel, I can see it right now. Like, I feel like you're ready to jump in there and fight oh, yeah. right now. So I know you're not going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. No, no, not at all, man. I, I Again, you know, I, I feel great. I'm 38 years old, but I literally feel like I'm 28. Uh, you know, thank God my whole uh, uh, fighting career, I didn't take much damage. Uh, I always had really good defense. So uh, that, you know, it, it's really really important to me right now. And also being part of American top team, you know, you always train at the highest level with the best fighters in the world. So that always keep me honest, make sure that I know, you know, I'm, I'm in the right place doing the right things to make sure I'm the most effective fight night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tiago, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you. I really do appreciate the time. Uh, of course, I'm always uh, happy to see all the success you're having. I cannot wait to hear about you signing this new deal with BKFC. Get that paycheck, my friend. Get that paycheck. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to you and Mike Perry throwing down to later this year. Ah, man, thank you so much for you know having me again. Damn, it's been an honor as always. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you again. Hey, talk to you soon, buddy. Okay. All right, bud. Take care. Bye-bye. Want to say a massive thank you again to Pitbull himself, Tiago Alves. Very much looking forward to his next fight in BKFC. Should be this summer, according to him. Of course, we're all looking forward to UFC 272 this weekend. The main event especially between Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington. And uh, make sure you tune in each and every week, each and every Tuesday, to another edition of the Fighter versus the Rider. Got a lot of big guests coming up. Of course, the UFC is coming to my town, Columbus, Ohio, in just a few weeks. I'm excited. Matt Brown will be back to coast with me before his fight on that card against Brian Barberina, and a lot more to talk about before then. A uh, big thank you to always for everyone tuning into the show. Make sure you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and, of course, over on MMAfighting.com. We will see you guys next week for another edition of The Fighter versus The Rider. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. 
This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it.